Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. I was out hunting with my dog and two friends in the deep woods when we got separated. I called out for them but there was no answer. I was completely lost and alone in the dense forest. As I searched for my friends, I heard a strange... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Strange noise behind me. I turned around, 
but there was nothing there. I continued walking, but the noise followed me. Suddenly, a large creature tackled me to the ground. It was a Bigfoot, with fur covering its entire body and glowing eyes that seemed to pierce through me. It snarled and growled, baring its teeth as it tried to attack me. I was terrified and struggled to get away, but the Bigfoot was too strong. Just as it was about to strike, I heard the sound of my friends calling out my name. The Bigfoot fled at the sound of their voices, and I managed to escape. I told my friends what had happened, but they didn't believe me. They thought I had just gotten lost and was hallucinating. But I knew what I had seen was real, and it would haunt me for the rest of my life. I live outside of Kenora, Ontario, Canada in a rural area. My house is about 100 meters from a small stream that splits the small wooded lot in half. I was there one day and all of a sudden I felt cold and uncomfortable like I was being watched. I also became increasingly paranoid that somebody or something was out there with me. I decided to head in. The sun was setting and dusk would be upon me soon. I started walking towards my house. As I approached the edge of the woods I turned around and briefly saw a large creature about 80 yards from me standing across the stream. It then proceeded to take a step toward me. I panicked. I ran out of those woods in about 5 seconds. It's the most I've ever been scared and the most adrenaline that I've ever felt run through me. In the brief period of time that I saw this thing, I could tell that it was pale white, tall, and humanoid. It's believed by First Nations people that a Wendigo will call you for help like a human in order to lure people toward it. I have heard what sounds like a little girl calling for help out in those woods. It's still terrifying to even think about this. About a year later, after a heavy snowfall, I again heard the calls of a girl coming from the woods. I looked out the window but didn't see anything. That night, the sounds continued off and on. I live alone but there is a couple that lives about a kilometer from me. A few days later I had the opportunity to talk to the couple. I asked them if they had heard the sounds. They both looked at me with wide eyes. They seemed so relieved that they were not imagining the sounds. The husband told me that he saw a tall pale white humanoid walking through the woods behind their house while he was chopping wood. I asked him what he thought it was. He said that he wasn't sure but he remembered that his father would talk about Wendigos when he was a boy. I have not seen the humanoid again, and I'm not really sure what this thing is. When I was younger I used to go to a place called Desolation Wilderness near Camino, California. It was the perfect place for camping and fishing realizing that it had been a few years since my last trip. I talked to a friend of mine to go camping and fishing. We managed to talk another friend into coming with us and then we were off. We arrived around 1 pm and decided to hike upstream from a place called Wright's Lake and then when we found a good spot we would set up camp. After walking for a couple hours a ranger found us hiking and told us that we actually weren't even technically in desolation wilderness yet and that we needed to keep hiking for a bit longer. I started tearing down the camp but I guess the other two guys were not as enthusiastic about the trip as I was. They left for Placerville to find a hotel room. 
When they left I hiked up a bit farther but I started to worry about the amount of time I had to find a place and set up my camp before dark. As I hiked I tried to remember the ranger's instructions but I ended up getting lost. Finally, I found a granite cliff with a stream that had a beautiful pool of water and was right on the tree line. I thought it was perfect so I set up camp and started fishing. When the sun had set and the sky was dark I decided to go to sleep. Cozy in my sleeping bag I started to drift off but then I heard something growl outside my tent. I grabbed the .45 compact handgun from its case and looked down through the screen on the front of the tent. From where I was standing I could only see a dark figure that looked around four and a half feet tall standing near the trees. Thinking that it was a bear I started yelling hoping that I would scare it away. It didn't move. I then fired a shot at a dead tree nearby. That startled it and it ran back into the forest. But to my surprise, it didn't go very far. I climbed back into my tent. Then I heard crashing sounds. It was the sound of rocks falling off the cliff and hitting the pool below and the rocks around it. This was unnerving. I climbed out of my tent a few times but I couldn't see anything even though the moon was bright and the white granite rocks reflected its paleness. Crashing rocks hit every few minutes until around 2 in the morning. Then it stopped. But I heard something rustling just outside my tent. I yelled at it and tried to scare it off. But instead of scaring it I heard a very deep growling sound in return. At this point, I didn't want to wait until it got too close. So I got out of my tent and looked around. Nothing. I decided to shoot the tree again to see if the creature would react then run back into the forest again just like the first time. But it stopped again. As I listened to the sounds of his moving I realized that it was running on two feet. This was not a bear. I didn't want to go back into my tent. I grabbed my sleeping bag and moved over to the middle of the big slab of white granite nearby. I felt safer and knew the forest was further away from me. But I could still hear the noises of rocks crashing. I prayed the sun would come up soon. At about 4.30 in the morning, I was awoken from my light sleep. I looked back at the trees but didn't see anything. So I looked back over at my tent, there it was standing at the side of my tent. I panicked and picked up my gun and shot the side of the creature but it didn't flinch. Then, with giant steps, it walked toward me. I shot at it. I wasn't sure if a .45 would even stop such a beast. But it was my only hope. After the second shot rang out it was off into the trees. Shaking like a leaf I sat down clutching my gun. I waited for hours until the light started to appear in the sky. I broke camp and headed back down to Wright's Lake. That was the last time I saw the creature. That was also the last time I went to the desolation wilderness and I will never go back. It was July 2004, three of my friends and I were out in a field, just having a good time, messing around. That's when we heard some noises off in a field, a couple hundred yards away. We didn't think too much of it. A little while later, we kept hearing the noises getting louder. We could also hear trees breaking and things like that. We tried to ignore it, but we soon found out that ignoring those sounds was a bad idea. We saw a creature that was 7 to 8 feet tall, coming toward us. 
The creature stood like a human and acted as a human would, but it looked like a dog or a wolf. We were completely surprised. We had no idea what was going on. We ran back to our cars as fast as we could and drove away. Maybe five years ago. One night, I was at a friend's house out in the country, in Vesper, Wisconsin, when my friend's car turned in and came rushing up the driveway. The car came to a halt and two of my other friends jumped out. They explained that they had seen something they just couldn't describe. I asked them if they got a good look at whatever had them so shook up. They looked at each other and said yes, they said they were driving through the country, on their way to join us, and were driving past a farm when they noticed something in the ditch. The friend who was driving said he flashed his brights to get a better look, and whatever it was raised up and ran across the road on all fours. It looked like it could walk on two legs if it wanted to, they both said. They also said it looked like it was half dog, half man. Or maybe half dog and half monkey. They couldn't explain how the creature looked any better than that. They just kept trying to compare it to other animals. They said they were about 20 yards from it, the brights were on, and they got a good look at it. Well, that's the story. I'll never forget how stricken their faces were with panic and fear. I don't think they were lying. It was a cold and cloudy winter evening, and I had just woke up from a nice little power nap. I was tired as usual after every power nap, so I slowly got up and went to the kitchen to get something to eat. I got some food, heated it up and went to go sit down and watch some YouTube. I sat down and found a video of urban legends on my homepage. I was interested so I clicked on it and watched it. It showed the usual goat man, and moth man but one urban legend caught my eye. A urban legend called the orange eyes, I was intrigued and watched it. The video creator said that it was a Bigfoot type creature, it was tall and had glowing orange eyes. But what I was really surprised about was it was a urban legend from my state, so after I heard that information I searched up where it's supposedly at. And found that it was only a 15 minute drive from me, so like any other adventurous human I hit up my friend and asked if he wanted to come with me and go look for it. He told me that he doesn't believe in that stuff and it was a wasp of time, but I begged him and finally after a couple of minutes he agreed. I was really excited I got dressed and packed some flashlights because it was almost 9. After I was done packing up supplies I got in my car and had to pick my friend up. When I got there he didn't look too excited and said that he was tired. He got in the car and we were on our way, I told him the details and what the thing looked like and he said that, there's no way that thing is real. I told him that it will be fun and that there's probably nothing out there, we got to the road that would take up straight to the area we could get out at to be closer to the forest entrance. While driving down the road I couldn't help shake the feeling of being watched, but I tried to not notice the feeling and kept heading down to the entrance. We got to the entrance and I handed my buddy a flashlight because it was pitch black outside, I told him if he was ready and he said that he was good. So we start the nightmarish journey into the forest of the orange eyes. We walked for a good hour or so with nothing really happening, my buddy said that he was tired and wanted to go back home but I told him let's stay for two more hours. 
He agreed and we continued walking. I couldn't shake off the feeling again of being watched. I told my friend if he felt the same way and he said yeah ever since we turned onto the road that headed down here I felt like I was being watched. We both were on edge now as we continued forward. Not too long after the feeling of being watched we hear to our right something being snapped like if someone or something stepped on a branch. We both jumped at the sound of it and pointed our flashlights over in the direction of the noise, but to our relief it was just a little deer. We joked around with each other about who jumped more at the sound, we did this for a minute or two. We were in the middle of having a little argument when we heard heavy breathing coming from my left. We stopped arguing and listened closely to see if it was what we heard. We heard the heavy breathing like we thought we did, I didn't want to shine my light over there so I tried to see if I could see anything. Thinking back to it I wished I didn't look because what I saw would haunt me for the rest of my life. What I saw standing there behind a tree was 10 foot creature standing there with one of its eyes peering around the tree. And what shook me down to the core was that its eyes were orangish red color. At this point I wanted to pass out from fear but I stopped that from happening. I looked at my buddy and I could tell that he saw it too. I told him that we need to get out of here now before it's too late. We both agreed that we would take off at a dead sprint back to the car. I told him on three we will go I started to count but I couldn't even get to two when felt a warm breath hit the back of my neck, at that point I screamed run. We kicked it into six gear and ran as fast as we could. As we were running I heard the tree moving and felt the ground shaking. My lungs were burning from the thin cold air. We ran for what felt like hours until we saw the car. I reached into my pocket for my car key and with one swift movement unlocked the car, opened the door, and turned the car on. I put the car in reverse so fast I felt like I could have been a stuntman for a racing movie. I hit the gas flung the car around like an action movie. I put the car in drive and floored it down the road never looking back once. Once we felt like we were a good distance away to ease up a bit. I asked my buddy if he was okay and he said he was fine. All I did on the drive home was think about how close the creature was to me for me to feel its breath. I dropped my buddy off and told him to be safe and take care. When I got home I took everything off took a shower and went to bed. The next morning was good I felt like the day before was just a bad dream. But I realized really soon, that it was real because the backpack that I had used to carry my stuff had a big slash in it probably from the thing or a tree branch. From when we were running away, I called my friend to check if he was alright and continued my day after. By now I've kinda gotten over it and my friend doesn't think of it anymore. From that experience I don't want to go to a forest to hike or camp anymore. I hope you take something from this and learn to not be stupid like me and go out to a forest at night. I worked as a park ranger for a time in the Black Hills of South Dakota. My goal after graduating college with a degree in conservation was to work somewhere in the Rockies. But a job working the Blackout Wilderness came up and I took it. The Blackout Wilderness is home to Blackout Peak. Formerly Harney Peak. And is the highest point of South Dakota. Fortunately it's a very scenic and decently easy route to the top. That most hikers can manage. Unfortunately that meant a lot of tourists. 
In coupled with the fact that we were in Custer State Park which is home to a couple of large bison herds that are easily spotted from the road. The tourists flocked there in droves. It wasn't that I hated the tourists. Wilderness areas need tourists for income. It was just that I had expected to work more with nature and less with people. Twice a week I was scheduled to patrol the watchtower at the top of the mountain. It was about 7 miles round trip and I had to hike in. I loved it. Getting up before the weekend warrior crowd. And hiking in as the sun rose. I lasted two years at that job before I found another one close by. Less tourists and more time in nature sounded perfect to me. I didn't have to warn families about the dangers of trying to pet bison anymore. I would be working for the Black Hills National Forest. Not quite the start of the Rockies yet but I was moving in that direction. I was thrilled to be working there. I loved to be out in nature and seeing all sorts of wildlife. There was a lot of trail and road maintenance to be done my first summer. They were also working on a program monitoring populations of several wildlife species, so I was scheduled to be working outdoors in one way or another. For practically the entire season. One task I had been working on was rerouting an access road and part of a hiking trail around an area that had been washed out by some unusually heavy rains. It was a big undertaking so we had been working in teams to get it done by the end of the fall season. Normally the teams consisted of four or five people at a time. But sometimes we were stuck working with just one or two others, depending on the other needs in the area. Things were going well with the project. So I was able to take a small vacation. Four days hiking in the Rockies in Wyoming. The day I drove home from my trip, I swung by the forest. There were still at least an hour of daylight left. And I was curious to see how far the rest of the crew got on the project. I don't know why I just didn't wait until morning, when I came into work. I should have waited until morning. I went down the old access road and it looked like they had taken down several more trees to make a larger parking area. I saw something move in the underbrush at the edge of the forest. I stopped my car and turned the radio down. It looked like something large, maybe an elk or a bear. I couldn't quite tell. The sun was setting quickly. I thought I had more time than that but night comes early in the mountains. And has a hard time getting through the trees if you're in the woods. I waited in my car to see if I could get a better look at the animal. I knew if I got out I would likely scare it away. Out of nowhere I heard a loud crash and a tree topple over right next to my car. It was insane. The whole car shook when it fell. I couldn't believe the odds, or how lucky I was that it didn't crush me. I got out of the car and took a look at the fallen tree. It looked healthy, no signs of decay. It didn't come up at the roots. But rather looked like it just broke off and fell. The whole thing was strange but I was tired from my trip and just wanted to get back home. I was about to get back into my car when I heard another tree break apart and fall. It landed just a few feet away from the previous one. At this point I didn't know what was going on. If a third tree fell, it would probably land right on me. I knew I had to get out of there. I had to turn the car around and maneuver around the fallen trees. And then I saw it standing there in the forest. The creature was knocking down the trees. I saw its eyes shine in my headlights. They were gold. 
I would guess it had to stand between eight or nine feet tall. Its whole body was covered in hair. Blank and ape are some similar animal. Saying it looked like Bigfoot or Sasquatch, makes me sound like a crazy person. But that's really the only thing that it could have been. I don't know what else out there looks like that. It definitely wasn't a bear. It had these human hands and just thick hair all over its body. I didn't stick around long after that. It started shaking another tree. And I drove out of there. There were three trees down when the team got there for work the next day. I ended up telling my co-workers about this but they just thought I was crazy. I'm a skeptic of the supernatural, but I believe anything is possible. I won't discount supernatural occurrences if I can't find a logical explanation for them. I've experienced a few incidents I couldn't explain, but I'm going to tell you about the one that freaked me out the most, though. So here it goes. I live in the Twin Cities, in Minnesota, USA. A lot of people in the cities have cabins in either northern MN or rural Wisconsin. Our cabin was in rural Wisconsin, in a small town called Danbury. The cabin is on Long Lake, at the very end of Long Lake Road along with the cabin came almost an acre of land, covered by thick forest. We carved a trail through the land for ATVs and whatnot. So, the scene is set. Now, about me. I'm an outdoor enthusiast and have been forever. I'm 6 feet 4, fit, and have been a hunter since I was like 12. I know my environment, the wildlife, and the forest well, and am typically comfortable in the woods. I come from a military family and am trained in multiple forms of combat, armed and unarmed. I also have extensive firearms training and as a result, am fairly confident in my ability to defend myself. I'm not really scared of people. Big predators on the other hand, like bears, wolves, man-bear-pig, whatever, I'm not a big fan of. This brings me to the weirdness. I'm 23 now, but at the time of the incident, I was 16. Even at 16, I was a decent hunter and had good common sense. Anyway, I was at the cabin with my cousin and grandparents. It was the middle of summer, I think July, with hot temps and whatnot. My cousin and I were shooting at each other with airsoft guns. We had a full-on battle going on throughout the property, including the woods, which were my stalking grounds. I was wearing my BDUs, with face cover and all, as well as head-to-toe camo. Our battle ended up about 100 yards northwest of the cabin, into the woods. We ended the war on the main trail and were standing and talking about the events that had transpired. I was still on guard because I always am. I suppose I could be considered to be a tad paranoid. Alright, so we were standing there talking when I noticed something move at our 12 o'clock, about 50 meters out. I got quiet and focused dead ahead, scanning. My cousin was still talking, so I whispered, shh. So, he shut up. I figured the movement I had seen was just a bird or something. As a joke and to freak him out, I told him we were being watched. That's when I noticed that the woods were dead quiet. No birds were chirping. There was no sound. That's when I started to think, this only happens when a big predator is around. So, I started looking even closer. That's when I saw it. At my 12 o'clock, there was this large animal.
It had reddish, brown fur and almost blended in perfectly until I focused on it. It had long front limbs, arm-like, with what appeared to be formidable claws and it was standing kind of slouched down, against a tree, like it was trying to be stealthy. Even though it was standing like that, it was nearly as tall as me. The only reason why I saw it was because of its teeth. I think it was panting because its whitish teeth were visible. Its snout appeared to be a tad elongated. I couldn't get a better look, because my first thought was, we have to go. I even said it out loud. My cousin was already freaked. When I said those words, he bolted up the trail, towards the cabin. He nearly left me in the dust, because instead of running when he did, I waited a good three seconds, I was being protective of him, keeping my eye on it, until I saw it move, it was fast. That's when I ran like hell. I didn't see which way it ran. All I know is that I heard it crashing through the woods. My cousin stopped at the shed, which was still 50 meters from the cabin, to wait for me. When I caught up, I yelled, go, go, go. And we both bolted to the cabin. We got inside and shut the door. My grandma asked why we looked panicked and had slammed the door shut. I knew they wouldn't believe me, so I said that we had seen a bear. My cousin nodded. Later that night, after my grandparents went to sleep, we talked about it. I asked my cousin if he had seen it. He told me that he had paused for a second, to look back, after he ran, to see if I was running with him. He said that he had seen me still looking at it. He said that's when he saw it move and I run. He said he had mostly just seen a flash of fur. He went on to say, he thought it wasn't the right color to be a bear. I also agreed that it wasn't the right color to be one and told him that we only had black bears in the area and that it wasn't built like a bear either. I told him I never thought it was a bear. He asked me why I had lied about it to my grandparents. I told him they wouldn't have believed us. We've kept it between the two of us, until now. Still, the animal didn't match any known regional animal profiles in the area. I'm at a loss for what it may have been. I do know it was stalking us though and that it was built like an athletic predator. Not like a bear. It wasn't as heavy set as a bear would have been. After the incident, neither of us would go into the woods on foot, alone, without a gun. We generally only went back in the woods on ATVs from that point forward. I always loved that cabin, up until then. Fortunately, the cabin has been sold now. I'm a 32-year-old lady, from the very northern tip of West Virginia. Most of my life has been lived in Hancock County. When I was little, we camped in tents, walked everywhere, hiked at parks, all that outside goodness. In my teens, we started going to state parks, to ride horses. I've been to Tomlinson Run, Beaver Creek State Park, Salt Fork, Raccoon Creek, and Vista Park, I think that was the name. We had a friend who was constantly inviting us to ride on people's land she had received permission from. I'm well acquainted with the local wildlife. I've seen all the major players, including koi dogs, and bears, and can identify most sounds in the forest. I love watching nature documentaries. I was looking to become a vet, so I studied a lot, on animals. Drawing and painting them got me very acquainted with animal anatomy. 
Was I ever into cryptozoology? Yes. I was a Dino crazy, little girl. My one babysitter had Reader's Digest Mysteries of the Unexplained. The thought of a plesiosaur, in Scotland or an apatosaurus, in the Congo, was just mind-blowing. Later in life, I started looking at it like folklore. It was interesting to read the accounts and learn the theories behind what people were seeing, but I believed in them as much as a folklorist believes in dragons and trolls. I didn't have any interest in Bigfoot and I'd never heard of dogmen. I never had interest in looking, nor did the thoughts ever cross my mind. It seems I didn't need to go looking, they found me. We moved to the farm when I was about 10. Mom's dream was to have horses and she was finally able to live it. The farmhouse was haunted, mainly by the former residents of the house. I never felt threatened by them, though. It's a little unnerving to have two men talking and moving the couch you're sitting on. Or should I say, it sounded like it. No one was home, no media was on, and yet, I was hearing two men, talking about how they were going to move the couch, and where, and the sound of furniture being dragged, right from under me. The land, itself, had its share of strangeness. Most things were benign, though. We just shrugged and carried on. I honestly hated our woods. Anywhere else, I'd freely hike, but even in the yard, sometimes I felt watched. Heck, sometimes I thought something was staring in our windows. Now that I think of it, we did have things slam into our trailer. I'd think it was a horse that had gotten loose, but when I'd go out, to investigate, I'd find nothing. I'd chalk it up to a deer. I used my horse's breeds for their names, rather than think up names for them. Anyone who knows me knew my horse's names. I was 18 to 19, in this encounter. By this time, we gave up on cows, I hate, hate, hate them, and just had the horses and chickens. Someone knocked on the door, at 2 AM. I'd only been asleep two hours, but years of conditioning had my heart pumping and my mind clearing. Someone knocking that early meant trouble. It usually meant horses or livestock had gotten out. I wasn't disappointed. Our neighbor said the horses were in his yard. My mind wasn't totally awake, so I didn't think to ask which yard they were in. My stepfather came out, asked what was up, and told me they were my horses, so deal with it. Mom was working. That was nothing new. This lot of horses had three expert escape artists. I had the routine down. It was pretty dark out, but I did have some moonlight, to help. The security light only went so far. Then, of course, it shut off, after so long. When it was cloudy, you literally had to watch that you didn't walk off, into the ravine, it was so pitch. I was naturally in a foul mood, cursing my horses, and wondering if some drunk had gone through the fence, again. It happened a lot. As I got closer to the brown barn, I realized a horse was flipping out. It was running back and forth, squealing, and carrying on. I went in and grabbed the halters and leads. I paused for a moment, to see if any other horse or horses had replied to the horse I heard squeal. That would give me an idea where the other horse or horses might be. There was no reply. That was odd. I was thinking, crap. They're on the other side of the 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hell. It was the only reason in my mind they wouldn't be replying. Let's just say, when they followed our cut trails, to the other side, it took us an hour to traverse through the woods and lead them back. And even with two guys, on a four-wheeler, and my mom, that was a freaky trek. I felt like I was being watched and followed. Maybe, it wasn't paranoia. So, the land is set up like this. The brown barn was connected to a small pasture, about half an acre long, which then connects to a seven-acre pasture. Pretty much in the center, on the outside edge of the large pasture, was an old, white barn, that we turned into a run-in. I decided to tackle the horse still in the fence, so I could bring her down to the small pasture, to keep her from escaping too. Maybe, the others would follow. I had to walk clear to the other side of the pasture, to get to the panicking horse. It was my mother's psycho Appaloosa mare. I tried to catch her and nearly got trampled, a few times trying. She was frothing at the mouth and her eye whites were really showing. Was I alarmed? No. As I said, psycho. I noticed my other six were across the road. They were standing in a tiny, little fenced-in area, under a spotlight. They were standing motionless and not touching a blade of grass. I was wondering how the neighbor managed to herd them into that tiny fenced-in area, with that tiny door. Three of those horses were over 16 hands tall. One was a draft horse cross. The doorway was actually small enough, he touched both sides, going through. My thoroughbred mare took me two hours to corral, the last time she got out, much to my frustration, she was an awesome jumper. So, a stranger rounding them up and putting them into a tiny yard was mind-blowing. I've had horses since I was nine. I'm 32 now. I've had ponies and horses. I've had Appaloosas, Arabians, draft horses, quarter horses, walking horses, saddlebreds, thoroughbreds, mustangs, foals, geldings, mares, and geldings that still thought they were stallions. I've had a lot of horses, from all walks of life. I will tell you, they consistently do not like to be crammed into tight spaces, especially, not in a group. I had two severely abused horses, I was rehabbing, a thoroughbred that actually had PTSD, and a racking horse, that actually took me three years to touch, without some sort of a bad reaction. They did not like being in stalls, and all but one were mares. Mares are extremely moody and two of mine were particularly vicious, to those they didn't like. My walker mare only liked three other horses. She should have been kicking the crap out of the others there. Mine also didn't like to be under lights, when they escaped. They avoided them like the plague. And not eating grass, that was over ankle deep? That was unheard of. They were silent and dead still. My neighbor came out and told me that they were like that when he found them. He asked me if I needed help, but I said, no. My thoroughbred and racking horse mares did not like men. 
I told him I'd take them out, one at a time. I took one halter and lead and threw the rest outside the gate. I put the halter on my gelding and opened the gate, to lead him out. They had other plans, though. All six came out, as a freaking unit. They were literally chest to butt, crammed together. My gelding and my Welsh mare had their chest pushing against me as we walked back to the brown barn. Normally, they did not do this. I wouldn't usually allow such bad behavior. We were on the main road, which I did not like. The speed limit is only 35, but people go 60. So, I tried to lead them through the large pasture gate. They wouldn't even go on that side of the road, though. I was a little unnerved, by their behavior. So I lead them down to the brown barn and they went in. They were skittish, though, picking at the hay I threw out, walking around restlessly, sticking to the barn like glue, and eyeing the upper pasture. I rationalize it by thinking, it's the appy flipping out, that's unnerving them. And why hadn't she come down yet? She had to have seen us all walk down. I rushed to the gate, between the little and big pastures, out of habit. I didn't want the herd to go back out, into the big pasture. I didn't have to worry. They didn't follow me, like they usually did. The gate was wide open, but the appy was still running and squealing, back and forth, in the same area. I started to go get her. Now, the neighbor's security lights didn't really light up my pasture. The road was higher than my pasture, so it was cast, in a shadow. I could make out her shape and some detail, though. She took off, at a panicked gallop, swerved sideways, and jumped the stream. When she landed, she nearly landed on her face. She caught herself though and took off, at a dead gallop, again. I ducked behind a stump. If she would have hit me, I would have been dead. I went back and chained the gate. I decided to forego looking her over until I got the halters and leads. She was too hot at the moment. I decided to walk on the road, instead of through the pasture, again. The pasture was uneven, unlit, and full of springs. Sometime during this, clouds had taken over the sky. So there was no moonlight, to see by. The spot, on the road, where I was at, was paved and pretty well lit, though, my neighbor was paranoid as mentioned. I had almost gotten to the white barn, when I got this sudden urge, to stop and look at a very specific spot, in the pasture. I would like to say, it was instinct that told me to look, but usually, I'd scan the woods first, to see what was watching me. That's usually where the watchers are. Instead, I just flicked on my flashlight, right on a certain spot. It was extremely close to where the mare was flipping out. I saw red eye shine. My first thought was, why in the world would a deer be there, with all that chaos? I was feeling a sense of extreme dread and didn't know why. Besides, it being where my horse was going nuts, told me, something else just wasn't right. I then realized, where the eyes were, relative to the walnut trees and my racing barrels. See, the road is above the pasture and the walnut trees were right at the same elevation, as the road. The pasture itself is sloped, to deal with the runoff, from the road. The barrel, it was next to, was on the low end of the incline. The barrels were white, so I could see a dim lighting, from my flashlight, on the one it was next to. 
This thing was too freaking big to be a deer. I was frozen, standing there, watching it. I just had this feeling, it was evil and that I had to keep track of those eyes. It was watching me. It slowly blinked a few times. It also looked over, into the woods, above the pasture. I know you ask your guests if they ever feel there are other ones out there. Well, let me tell you, it crossed my mind. With a sinking stomach, I flashed my flashlight over the woods, to see if I would catch eyeshine. I didn't see any, though. So, I went right back to the eyes. They were still there. I flicked back and forth, making sure nothing was sneaking up on me. I don't know how long I stood there, watching, frozen. Someone could have come around the bend and hit me, with their car, I was so focused. Finally, it started to move off. It glanced at me, sideways, a few times, only one eye. I think it went into the copse of trees, around the creek. I heard nothing. That wasn't surprising, though. The horses were still restless and making noises. I stood there, a long time after, looking for eye shine. I was wondering if it could have been a bear. I didn't think so though. The eyes were consistent, in height, until it disappeared. Bears are clumsy, on their back legs. On this uneven, inclined ground, I have no doubt a bear would have dropped to the ground, to go on all fours. Even the rear up and drop down behavior bears do, when they're trying to see something, wouldn't work. We had one cross our pasture before. He made a lot of noise, going through the woods. The horses settled down quicker with the bear. I was almost to my neighbors, at this point. I considered leaving the couple, hundred dollars of tack, at his house, halters and leads aren't cheap. I had no doubt, if I left them there, they'd be gone in the morning. My mother would be pissed. So, I darted over, grabbed them, and ran like a bat out of hell. I know, I know. I should have left the tack. I also know, you're not supposed to run, but I couldn't even conceive what I had just seen. I got into the barn, threw the tack down, and hung with the horses. I wasn't going to go back up that pitch black driveway on foot. I figured, with the horses, I'd have a warning, and the barn had plenty of sharp things. I didn't go back up, until dawn. I was frozen stiff by that time. I've had years to think this over. It unnerves the crap out of me. How long was that thing there? Was that what was keeping the appy mare from coming down? Was it right there, in the shadows, while I was trying to catch her or was it in the unlit barn? I walked through, to get to the road? Was it the reason the appy swerved and nearly fell? How did my horses get out? I never did find how they got out. Did they panic and jump the fence? I did check the fence line, away from the woods. I did look for tracks, around the barrel. Sadly, the ground was hard, from frost that morning. But, I will say, the appy mare was running for a good while. The ground was severely torn up and turned into a muddy, mess, it was high noon when I went down there, to check, and the ground had melted. I'll bet it was her, that woke the neighbor up. It took them about a week, to fully settle. I don't know if whatever it was was still in the area or if they were that traumatized. It wasn't too long after that, my mother filed for divorce. My, 
Ex-stepfather got the farm and I moved in with her, in the city. Even with all of the weird crap going on there, there were non-bipedal things going on too, I miss it terribly. Maybe it's more accurate to say, I miss the farm life rather than the actual place. I'd love to get back onto a farm again, but I'd probably hesitate to move back there. I never told anyone about the I shine event. I didn't see the actual creature and really, how do you convey that unnatural slash horror inducing feeling? You saw I shine, whoop dee doo. My mother would have given me the benefit of the doubt, but my mother often told family members things. They made my life enough of a living hell. I didn't want to give them more ammo. This incident occurred in Memphis, Tennessee. I started my career as a Memphis police officer a few years previously in the 1980s. I was on a special assignment at the time. It was 2 a.m. and it was a clear summer night but quite humid. I was in my personal vehicle with the top down and the radio playing. I was still in my uniform including my bulletproof vest and a gun belt with all the regular equipment attached to it. I was heading south on Covington Pike at a good rate of speed and was the only one on the road. This part of the road connects the Raleigh-Bartlett area to the Berclair area. The road is slightly elevated as the surrounding area is low and running through it is the Wolf River which is a few miles from here and connects to the Mississippi River. This area is commonly referred to by the locals as the Wolf River Bottoms these days. As I was driving, in my peripheral vision over to my right just outside my headlight beams, I noticed something was moving fast directly toward the front of my car. I immediately slammed on the brakes, thinking that a deer was running across the road. But, I couldn't have been more wrong. It came to a screeching halt right in the middle of the road right in front of my headlights, not more than seven feet from my bumper. As we both froze in place staring at each other for several seconds. It appeared to be three to four feet tall but was also crouched. It could have been closer to five if it stood straight up, but I got the impression that its current body posture was its normal way of standing. It had a large head, at least compared to its skinny slender body. It appeared to be dark gray and greenish in color, similar to the color of an alligator but the appearance of its skin looked like a similar texture to a human's. It had dark large oval eyes on each side of the upper part of its face running slanted from the top portion of its head to about the midsection of its head. It was kind of pointing inward to where you would expect a nose to be. However, from what I could tell, there was no distinct nose. At least none like a human. Below the eyes was a very thin dark almost black line which I assumed was its mouth. It ran from about the same location a human's mouth would be, however, the line ran straight across the lower face in front and then turned upward and slightly back on the head. It had no ears that could see. Its body and chest area were rounded like a human but vastly smaller, almost like a child's. Its arms appeared to be longer and somewhat disproportionate to its body and they were skinny and had an insect-type look to them. I could make out hands but they were also completely folded at the wrist joint. The legs were long because... Even with this thing's shortness, I could make out the top of them even with it so close to the bumper which was obscuring the bottom half somewhat. They were like the arms, thin and insect-like, but appeared to be jointed. 
I did notice its chest area moving slightly like it was breathing but it seemed slow and steady. I never noticed anything like genitalia. There was no hair any place that I could see and I'm not even sure if it was wearing any type of clothing. If it was it would have had to be skin tight. I never noticed a tail at any point. My adrenaline was pumping and it was only a brief period of observation. It again took off like a shot and it was out of my headlights. I could still make out its outline in the darkness and it was moving like a sprinter. It leapt over the guardrail onto the other side of the road and down the embankment. I will admit that this was not the only bizarre incident that I had during my career but it definitely was the strangest. I never told anyone on the force about the encounter. In fact, I only mentioned it to a close friend during these many years. I can only identify it as a lizard man or an unknown humanoid. I would have never believed it unless I actually witnessed it. I work on an oil rig. My job is to run an excavator and mix off the mud that comes out of the ground and do stuff that needs big machine. Because of the locations of these rigs I have to drive to pretty remote places in the wilderness of Canada. Anywho, one of the light towers at the edge of the lease went out. I went over and in the forest I could see these weird like fireflies type of things, but like the size of a basketball. But they weren't bright like they weren't lighting things up around them. Then I started feeling super uneasy. In between some trees I could see this big ass silhouette of a person with red glowing eyes. I ran back into the machine just to see it walking away. When I was in it I ended up telling the crew and I'm not the only one who's seen it. Like half of them have seen it and two of them have had it smile at them. WTF is this thing? Also I'm so sorry for the bad grammar. My father and I had just left the La Borbuja grocery store and were crossing 32nd to go toward my car when we heard what sounded like a baby crying out. We thought it was maybe one of the neighbor's babies but then my father said Mira Mija and was pointing toward the house across the street. I looked and saw a thin black figure perched on the brick fence post and looking directly at us. This thing was dark, dark black it actually looked like it was absorbing the light around it. It was very easy to make out the body, the wings, and the long pointed tail that it swished around much like a cat does when it is interested in something. The eyes were the most striking feature as they were glowing bright red and were locked directly on my father and me. I was frozen in fear and the only thing going through my mind was how to defend my elderly father if this thing decided to attack us. I could care less about myself but my father is 70 years old and not able to move or defend himself if he was attacked. I could hear my father praying and asking La Virgin de Guadalupe for protection and to send this thing away. I managed to tell my father that we needed to get into the car as quickly as possible so we could be safe. I pressed the button to the remote and the horn chirped as the alarm was deactivated and the doors unlocked. At the sound of the horn chirping this thing opened its wings and stood up on the fence post and chirped back at us. It took off and hovered for a few seconds, its wings flapping and making a light whoosh sound. My father and I dove into the relative safety of the car as this thing flew away and was gone from our sight. This thing was maybe 3 to 4 feet tall and thin but its wings were large and maybe 10 feet when spread apart. 
They looked a lot like bat wings, no feathers were visible as it was jet black. We drove straight home and my father told my mother and my sister about our encounter with this thing and what had happened. My mother said it was probably a bruja disguised as a lechusa and that we were lucky we were not attacked, either way, she refused to let anyone out of the house for the rest of the night. I just read about the realtor that saw the werewolf in San Bernardino County, California. I saw a dog man in the North Verdemont area of Devore, California in 1998. I grew up there and I personally know others who have seen the same creature in the same general area. It's not a hoax. Anyone who lived in that area for a long time could tell you that they either experienced or heard stories of strange things roaming around the wilderness. At that time, it was still very rural and undeveloped. I had a conversation with a native man from the San Manuel Tribal Band of Mission Indians, Uaviatam clan of Mariam, Serrano peoples. He told me that he believed it may have been a medicine man from his tribe and that we were lucky to have ever seen the creature, as many of their people have only ever heard stories and never seen one for themselves. I was 13 or 14 years old at the time. That night, my band had played a Battle of the Bands show at the Showcase Theater in Corona. When we came home from the show, I went to the side of the house, near a shed, to take a piss and smoke a cigarette butt that I had stashed. I looked out into the field and gazed upon the trees and familiar scenery that I have known my whole life. I know the landscape perfectly. But one thing was out of place and at first, I couldn't tell what it was I was seeing. What I saw was what appeared at first to be a man walking, then running through the field on the side of my parents' house, in the early AM hours. Maybe 1 or 2 AM. This was extremely out of the ordinary, for the time and place, no one would ever be out there. Its movement didn't look normal. Its legs were funny. Then I noticed it had the head of a dog. Like a coyote or a German shepherd. I was heading north towards the mountains with the strangest movements. I can't describe it. It just didn't look natural. Eventually, it was out of my view. I can't remember if I heard any sound from it running. It was far enough away that I don't recall how it sounded. I just can't forget how strange it looked while it was running. Or galloping. Not sure there's a word to describe its movement. Well, that's my story, exactly how it happened. So I absolutely believe the realtor. I tucked this away and never told anybody before. We live in Southern California east of Los Angeles and this incident occurred in 1996. My wife and I were leaving home early this particular morning. It was still dark. As we were trying to get on the major highway near our home when we hit something coming out of a residential construction area. It ran extremely fast in front of the car. I had no time to stop so I hit this thing. I came to a stop as soon as possible. I told my wife I was going to get out and take a look at what I hit. She begged me not to get out. I was sure that I had hit a dog. I stepped out and as I rounded the car the headlights of my car shone upon something that I'd never seen before. It was disturbing. I backed up a little bit and I realized what I had hit wasn't a dog. I have owned and trained large dogs for most of my life, but nothing compared to the size of this thing. 
Nothing about it resembled what I would say was a domesticated canine. Everything about this was wild and bulky. It had what looked like a lion's mane. It had teeth that looked like it came out of a Hollywood horror movie. I can't even begin to describe the fright I had in seeing this thing. I backed up a bit more. I could see its teeth were unusually big and sharp and there was a pool of blood forming underneath its mouth. Its eyes were open but yet it wasn't moving. I could still see the bright amber eye color. My wife stepped out of the car and asked what it was. I said I don't know. We got in. I backed up and drove around it. I said if it's still there when we get back home we'll take a closer look. Later that day, when we got back, it was gone. A dried pool of blood was the only evidence that remained. To this day we kept quiet about the incident. So, 26 years later, I now felt compelled to come forward. Not because I feel guilty about the experience, but because I had another unexplained sighting. We live in the same home as we did when the previous incident occurred. One evening, I was a few blocks away from my house going through a house that I was getting ready to sell. I am a realtor and own a real estate business. When I was finished, I exited the front door of the house, walked to my car that was parked in the driveway, and got in. As I backed up into the street, I observed a large upright beast cross behind me. I immediately stopped and looked out the passenger window. This creature was running on two legs in between the house and the neighbor's property. I sat in the car dumbfounded by what I had just witnessed. Then I had a flashback to the incident in 1996. I quickly realized that this was either the same creature or something very similar. That was the last time I saw this creature. But now I realize that there is an unknown upright, canine-like beast living in the area. Thinking back to the latest encounter I estimate that it easily stood 8 feet in height and it had a very human-like gait when it was running. I have read your posts about dog man and upright canines, and I now believe that this is what I witnessed on both occasions. If I see it again, I will inform you. Hello everyone. About two months ago my wife, son, and I moved to northern Alabama. We're in a rural area surrounded by many cattle and hearse fields. A couple times per week right around 1.30 to 2 a.m. our two large dogs will go absolutely ballistic and bark slash growl at the front door, but nothing is outside. Our ring camera hasn't really caught anything. Recently, I've been having weird dreams, alien encounters, coyote invasions, etc. I don't say anything to my wife or son about these dreams. But every time I have them my son tells us about his dreams. The night I had a dream that aliens were hovering around our house in a UFO trying to abduct us he had a dream about aliens. The night I had a dream about coyotes being in the cattle field attacking our cats he had a dream about coyotes too. There's been nothing said slash done during the day related to aliens or coyotes. Anyone have any idea of any creatures in northern Alabama that would cause this? This happened around 2008 to 2009 and I am just now telling the story. I am 56 years old now. I have told two people about this. I was on Telegraph Road heading south towards Toledo, Ohio. I had just picked up my brother in LaSalle, Michigan. 
He is two years younger than me. I was driving and he was in the passenger seat. We had just passed a horse farm and then there was a stretch of wooded area. Not thick woods, just quite a few trees. I was driving 55 miles per hour. Then something to the right of me caught my eye. I looked over to see my brother with a stunned look on his face staring out at this thing also. There was this thing in the woods, flying and keeping pace with us. My very first thought was it was a man with a jetpack flying. Then I realized it had wings. This thing was probably 7 to 8 feet long and had huge wings. It was black in color. It was almost racing us, it seemed. It then turned its head and looked at us. Big red eyes. My brother and looked at each other. We didn't say anything for a few seconds. One of us said, did you see that? And we both said, WTF was that? We looked back over and it was gone. I slowed down a bit and we kept looking but didn't see it. Just today, I text my brother and asked if he remembered this. He said yes, it haunts him and he doesn't tell anyone because they would call him crazy. That's how I feel. I have tried not thinking about it, telling myself it was a turkey vulture, it definitely was not, and other things. If my brother would have said no, I wouldn't be writing this. I am well respected in my community. I am an ordinance officer and my daughter is a sheriff's deputy. Thank you for letting me tell my story finally. It is quite a relief. Nothing else really makes sense. Let me explain, my family would go camping every chance we got. The place we'd always go had no natural predators, at least, nothing bigger than a fox. My dad specifically chose this spot so us kids, me and my two siblings, could frolic through the woods without having to worry. This particular trip was during the May long weekend. There was still a considerable amount of snow. So my dad brought our ATVs and some sleds for us. It was the day after we had arrived, and my dad wanted to go on a little trip down the road we came up. I asked if I could come, and he said sure. We both hopped on his quad and set out on our little trip. I forgot to mention earlier that we had deer around the area. Nothing crazy, but the odd one would wander through our campsite. You could tell they had no natural predators, since they didn't run away when there was a human around. My siblings and I would always manage to get pretty close to one, before my parents yelled at us to stay away, that is. Anyway, my dad and I were a few miles from the campsite when we rounded a corner, and came across one me of the most gruesome sights I have ever seen in my life. On the side of the road were the pieces of a deer, at least, I think it was one. There was blood absolutely everywhere, worse still, there was steam coming from the remains, which meant this was a recent kill. My dad is usually a pretty calm guy, not much can rattle him. But I could tell that this freaked him the hell out. He was in the process of turning us around when this, I don't know, screech came from the forest. It was so loud, we both flinched. I remember searching the forest for the source, but my dad was in the process of hauling us down the way we came. It could have been a trick of the light, or because I was freaked out and maybe I was seeing things. But, I could have sworn I saw something running alongside us, but only for a second or two. I know I sound absolutely crazy, 
but the thing looked like a large dog before it vanished into the trees. My dad raced back to camp and we were all packed up and headed to a different location by the end of the day. We never did go back to that campsite after this encounter. I did ask my dad about it a couple years ago, he just said it was because the new campsite was better than the old, better trails and whatnot. I think he's full of crap, I think whatever we encountered that day scared the hell out of him, and I think that whatever I saw, he did too. But I, for one, am thankful we never went back. I'm not sure if I would be able to sleep at night after what I saw. It still haunts me till this day.